given has a gospel purpose. I mean, Christ has been so kind and generous, welcoming and good, present and friendly to me personally and through people here. Why would I not support this local body here? First Peter 2 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. With needs around me, with missionaries around the world, how could I not give? Especially when confronted with Mark 8.36, what does it profit a man to give to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Sometimes I'm in the Italian prophet of Malachi. Uh, <laughs> in Malachi chapter 1, God confronts the priests for sacrificing blind, crippled, sick animals to him instead of their best, blemish-free animals. Um, should I not give him my best, the best of my first fruits of my time, talent, and treasure? Robert Murray McShane wrote, Now, dear Christians, some of you pray night and day to be branches of the true vine. You pray to be made all over in the image of Christ. If so, you must be like him in giving. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. I might object, my money is my own. Christ might have said, my blood is my own. My life is my own. Then where should I have been? Oh, dear Christians, if you would be like Christ, give much more, give often, give freely. Christ is glorious and happy, and so will you be. It's not your money I want, Robert Murray McShane writes, but your happiness. Remember his own words, it is more blessed to give than receive. Thanks. That was great. And you did that almost perfectly in five minutes. That was amazing. Impressive. Five minutes and 11 seconds. Yeah. So um, that was, uh, that's a good challenge for us. I appreciate that. Um, Dan Riles will uh, answer this next question. Uh, how do I decide how much to give? So we've heard the reasons, you know. <laughs> yeah. Got uh, the good question. Yeah, you got the fun one. First, so. I got to say, I'm a little intimidated because the last time I sat on a metal chair like this, I was facing a wall, touching my nose to it. So <laughs> kind of gives me shivers when I sit here a little bit. <clears throat> anyway, so my question, how much do we... How do we determine how much we should give? And if we look to Scripture, if we go back to the Old Testament and we look at giving there, I think most of us would say, well, God commanded them to give what? 10%, right? But if you look a little, dig a little deeper, guess what? That's not accurate. If you go into Numbers and twice in Deuteronomy, there's three other tithes. So if we were going to follow an Old Testament tithing, um, it's more like 22% that we should give. And some people cough at that, but that's, that's what it would be, and that's what was commanded. That, that was part of the law. Now, when Christ came, he fulfilled the law, didn't he? And we're not under that Old Testament economy or dispensation at this time. And it's really interesting to note when you look at the New Testament scriptures we're never commanded by Christ or any of the apostles to tithe. The tithe was an Old Testament system. So that, and even the early church fathers did not talk about tithing. They always talked about giving. And so there's a, a difference when we get to the New Testament. 
So I'd like to just then look at how do we determine what we should give. It doesn't say or give any type of percentage. Um, 2 Corinthians 9.7 says, Each one of you should give just as you decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. Um, 1 Corinthians 16, or excuse me, 1 Timothy 6.18 says, Tell them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous givers, sharing with others. So there it talks about our heart. It talks about giving. Uh, if we look at examples in the New Testament, the early church, what did they do? They gave up all of their possessions, didn't they? Now, I think that was a special inter- you know, situation as the new church started. But Acts 11.29 um, says this, Every man determined to give according to his ability. And, you know, it's true that God has blessed individuals with, some, with more money than others. And yet I think we have to look at our own situation, what God has blessed us with, and determine in our heart what we should give. I like the term, actually, uh, as I researched the scripture in that, called grace giving. Because... Since Christ came and he died for us, displaying God's wonderful grace, I think that determines part of it. He gave his all for me. Should I not give my all to him? And I think um, the great example, too, that Pastor Ryan shared of the widow giving her all. And so I think what it comes down to giving, we determine in our heart, what we should give. And that, that can be hard. I, just an example in our life. My wife and I had trouble with this our first few years of marriage. And we finally said, this isn't right. This isn't what God wants. And so we determined to give an amount. And it was sacrificial. And I'll be honest, we kind of went, <coughs> when we wrote that first check. But you know what happened on Monday? I got a check in the mail from an insurance policy that I had no idea my parents had given, had put on us when I was a child, and they'd cashed it out, and they sent the check to me. It was for $3 more than what we gave. So I, I, I don't believe you can outgive God. I, um, Laternal College, the engineer that founded that, he's been giving 90% of his income. I, you know, And God just provides. And so I think... When we look at giving, it really, we determine in our heart what we can give. And, I mean, you could, you could set a principle, as some people do, you know, of 10%. But I really believe it's what God lays on our heart is what we should give. Yeah, great. Thanks. Um, so hopefully that answers that question for you guys. If you have more, by the way, I'll just say, if you have more questions, especially about any of these that these guys are talking about, feel free afterwards to to corner him somewhere. Uh, just make Dan sit on a stool, it sounds like, because he likes that. But um, So one of the other questions we hear, Tim is going, uh, the other Tim. By the way, if you didn't know, we have two Tims and two Dans up here, so it gets kind of confusing at times. But uh, Tim Morgan will answer this question, and that is, where does the money go when I give to the church? And he's our treasurer, um, also a leader in our church, so, so Tim, go ahead and 
answer that one for us? Well, the, the big picture, obviously, we want our money to go to ministering to people, both in our church and outside the church in the community. But that can look different, take a lot of different forms. So I'll go through a few of those. Um, first is, is providing salaries for our staff, for Pastor Ryan and, and Pastor Luke, and now our administrative assistant, Suzette. Um, and we believe it's biblical for us to provide our pastors a good living wage. Paul addressed this in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, starting in verse 11. He says, If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. So Paul didn't actually exercise this right, but he's instructing the church that he should have this right, and in general, they should support those who are ministering to them. He goes on to say, Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple, and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? Mm -hmm. In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. We believe our pastors can be most effective in ministering if they don't have to take another job. Uh, Those of you who go to work every day and come home know that trying to take on other responsibilities is difficult. And and for a pastor to try and work a job and lead a church and minister at the same time is incredibly difficult. So we want to provide our pastors uh, with a good living wage. Looking at our our giving over the past year on average, um, about 50% of our general income budget does go to, to the salaries for our pastor and, and for our administrative assistant. So right now, that's about uh, how much of our budget goes in that direction. Uh, another thing that we want to do is to minister to people and meet their needs. Um, again, Paul writing in 1 Corinthians 16 says this, uh, starting in verse 1. Now about the collection for the Lord's people... Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem at that time was really suffering. The people had a lot of needs, and and Paul was trying to go to some of the other churches and collect money to take it back to help the believers in Jerusalem. And so he was instructing uh, the church in Corinth, the people of that church, start setting aside money so when I get there, I won't have to ask you for it. You can just, you'll have it ready to go, and I can take it back and help these other believers. So at Involved Church, we take 10% of, of all the money that's given to the general fund, and we set that aside for benevolence purposes and, and outreach. So, I mean, what that means, if, if there's somebody who maybe has an unexpected bill come up, uh, they need a little bit of financial assistance, they need help buying groceries, whatever it might be, as those needs come to us, we have money set aside that we can use to help meet those needs. Um, and so that's, again, where, where 10% of our budget goes. Facilities. 
we need places to meet. You know, we've, we've taken on a new project with the Involved Training Center, and that's a, a big financial uh, commitment. And it may seem like having to pay a water bill facility uh, may not seem like it's meeting a spiritual need. But it's hard to minister in some ways without a, without a building. And so that's why we've decided to take this on, because we believe ultimately we can train up new pastors and they can go start churches, and so the gospel is spread. Um, so now we have, you know, the, the loan on the Involved Training Center. We rent this facility to meet in. And if you look at all, all of those facility things put together, about 20% of our giving goes to that right now. Um, then we have a lot of ministry teams, a lot of other things where, where the remainder of the money goes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you can really break it down a lot. And, and if you want to know more information on that, we have a public budget. Like, we're not trying to be secretive of where money goes. And so you can always ask Tim on more specifics. And we have business meetings quarterly, which would help people understand where that goes as well. So uh, Tim does a lot of work that way, and, um, and Suzette also helps out. So we appreciate all the work that they do. But, yeah, thanks. Um, so Dan uh, Russell takes our next question. Uh, Dan, so I kind of worded this in a little different way, but what are your thoughts on giving to the local church and the universal church, and should I trust the leadership to spend my money wisely, or to spend money wisely, maybe? You should give to both, and yes, you should trust the leadership. All right. Awesome. Thank you. 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Um, first, I want to just uh, say, in case you're you're not familiar with the term universal church. That's just the idea that you know, we are a local church here, and there's local churches spread across the world. The universal church is all of those churches combined. That's the church that Jesus is building, and he does that primarily through local churches. So uh, sometimes we have opportunities to give. Um, uh, well, definitely we have opportunity to give through the local church, but there's also opportunities at times to give to the universal church in other ways, and what does that look like, and how do we prioritize how we give um, so I have a couple, just a couple passages I wanted to share with you, but, but primarily the theme is, I, I think we get from Scripture overall uh, a, a prioritization of kind of a family-first idea, and so he calls us to uh, focus on the people closest to us first, and then, and then there's a divine order in terms of authority, so we'll look at a couple passages there. First one I want to share was First uh, Timothy 5, verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And so this is just that basic idea that, that God has called us to, to take care of those people closest to us. As a father and, and a husband, it's my job to take care of my family um, financially, provide for their needs. And uh, so I'm not going to depend on the church to support my family because I'm lazier or something. I don't, don't want to work. Um, so there's that principle that I think applies throughout. And as we, we go from the family to the local church, then to the universal church, there's kind of an expansion of that, uh, of that idea. And so uh, first and foremost, we, we operate and function in the church uh, through the local church. Uh, together, we are here today gathered because we want to serve God together, and, and this is a way we can worship Him together and express uh, our love for one another and, and show our faith uh, in Him. Um, 
and then there's a divine order of authority, and there's just there's plenty of passages that can talk to this, but uh, Hebrews 3, verse 17 uh, just says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Um, and this isn't specifically about finances, but the general principle is... Um, as a local church, we're all here choosing to be here, gathered freely, and we're submitting ourselves to one another and to the leadership, and that includes finances. And so when we give to the church, we're trusting the leaders. We're trusting Tim and, and Suzette and those that are, like, hands-on with the, with the finances that they're being good stewards. And as a church, if you're a member, you get to participate in that budgeting process uh, through voting, and, uh, and then there's ministry teams. And so we depend a lot on one another. And I think that's uh, the way God has designed that to be. Uh, and then lastly, I just wanted to share, it's kind of an overarching uh, passage. Uh, speaks broadly about being ready to care for all believers. First uh, John three sixteen to 17 says, This is how we have come to know love. He, that's Jesus, laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? So this is a strong call to show our love by taking care of the needs of brothers and sisters both here and wherever we may run into them. Um, It's going to be more regular that we would see the needs that are close to us, but there are opportunities that come about. And so the challenge is just uh, be ready and and be open with your heart and with your wallet, <laughs> with your home, with your resources, your talents. Um, and so we want to commit regularly and faithfully to giving here in the local church. Uh, but I don't think it stops there. And so we have opportunities then to go beyond that and, and to be on the lookout, to be aware of what's going on in the world. And especially with those that are carrying the gospel, uh, our brothers and sisters. So. Great. I win. Well, I'm, you have five seconds. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to pick up where, where Dan kind of left off there. And uh, he talked about the universal church. And so what do you do beyond that? And the question comes up, should the church, the local church, give to people outside the universal church or local church and really you know, give to, to unbelievers? And so uh, Tim had already mentioned in our church that we have the Bethesda Project or the we call it Outreach Fund where we are – uh, setting aside money to help people inside the church and outside the church. Uh, and so, really, I think it's a good question. It, it gets a little difficult because contextually, as you go and look at passages in the Bible, you're going to see that sometimes a lot of the, the verses that talk about, you know, go out and take care of the poor and needy are talking about Israel or the church, people in Israel or the church. Uh, there are some some contexts out there that I think can can give aid to, no, it goes beyond that. But But really, there is an order that's established there. And, uh, and, and Dan already kind of talked to that. Um, one of the things, I think, as you look at Scripture, John thirteen thirty five 35 is, is one that comes to mind where it says, you know, all men will know that you're my disciples by how you love one another, by how you treat one another. And so, again, kind of going back to what Dan had already talked about, there's, there's an order in place, and we care for one another, we love each other, and as we do that, we become a testimony to those outside the church. But there's also a piece of it where we can go out ourselves and, and really make an impact in the world with, with money. 
And so I want to read to you out of Luke chapter 16, verse 9. It starts, it says, I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of worldly wealth. Isn't that interesting? Uh, so that when it fails, they may welcome you into eternal dwellings. Then he goes on, he says, whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and whoever is unrighteousness, unrighteous in very little is also righteous, unrighteous in much. So if you have not been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with what is genuine? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to someone else, who will give you what is, uh, what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Then he says, you cannot serve both God and money. Then the next very verse, it says, the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, were listening to all these things and scoffing at him. So here Jesus was challenging, saying, hey, take the money, the wealth that you have, and share it, and that will actually help you make friends. And I think they're probably going, hey, we're going to be a little protective of those funds, because maybe you could give them to the temple and, you know, eventually pad their pockets with a little bit. And so Jesus really challenges them, and they're, they're causing, you know, they're, they're stopping and thinking, hey, I, I want to hold on to my money. And Jesus says, no, we need to be more free with it. And when we're free with it, we actually have a greater impact on other people. And so as a church, one of the challenges we have is to not say, okay, we, you know, we've taken an offering and we want to keep it to ourselves. We want to be free. We want to be giving and generous because it has an impact for Christ in the world. And that's ultimately, that was our goal, right? That's our mission when we launched Involved Church was to help people in their relationship with God. Uh, bring them the Great Commission, making disciples and all that. That's what we're, we're called to do. And one of the ways we do that is by spending money on people. Now, it sounds like you're buying them, which it's not. That's not the idea. But you are making friends. You are getting inroads into them. The Hospital of Hope, you know, we shared about this morning. What do they do? We, millions of dollars was put into that facility and those missionaries that are going there so that they can bring the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. And so we, sometimes we have to spend that, those funds in order to, to get results, and that's a big part of what we do as ministries is we go out there, we care for people, we love people, and we try to point people to Christ. Now, I will say it's really important in that whole, you know, whole concept that we're pointing people to Christ. If we, if we went out there and started you know, Togo in, in the Hospital of Hope and they weren't pointing people to Christ, that would be a bad thing, Right? Yeah, you can fix somebody up physically in their health, but you want to help them eternally. You want to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ because you know the time on this earth is limited, but eternity is either in heaven or it's in hell. We want people to go to heaven. I often say, uh, I I don't want to go out there and give somebody a three-piece suit so they can die and go to hell. We want to give people what they need to go to heaven. If they go in rags, that's fine, but they're going to heaven. That's what we want to get people to, is to heaven. And they get there by Jesus Christ. So we always point people to Jesus Christ, and we always want to honor God with what we do. So that's, that's our goal in taking monies that we have in the church, even monies that I have personally. Anytime I give it to an unbeliever or spend it on an unbeliever, I want to point them to Christ and ultimately honor God. And so, yeah, I think the church should give to people outside the church. So our last question is going to go to Luke uh, Johnston here, and, uh, and it's just this question. What is the connection now between faithful giving and the church's mission? So hit it. All right. Well, first I'm going to share with you a little bit about our journey with giving. My wife and I 
Um, in the early years when we first got married, we struggled to give faithfully. We gave, but faithfully we struggled to do that. So what I mean by that is um, consistently on a regular basis. And so in your mind, it's, it's, you kind of have to deal with the tension between um, deciding in your heart what you're going to give, and sometimes that's more, sometimes that's less, but also trying to give faithfully to the church so that it can fulfill its mission. And so um, I'm going to focus in a little bit more in on the faithful giving aspect of it. Um, for us, um, over time, it actually got, it got worse because uh, we got employed by, the, by a church, a local church, and in our minds, at least in my mind, I struggled with this concept of, okay, do I give back to the church that's paying my paycheck? And that was kind of a weird thing. And, and um, at a certain point, I became convicted because giving is not about a paycheck, and it's not about where it's about giving back to God. And so um, God started convicting us about faithful giving on a, on a regular basis. So, um, and I think it's rooted in um, several different things. So uh, I want to share with you, we give faithfully because it guards us from the sin of trusting in our accumulation of wealth. So in James chapter 5, um, verses 1 through 3, I just want to share this with you. Come now, you rich people, weep and wail over the miseries that are coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and your clothes are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have stored up treasure in the last days. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so if that doesn't hit you hard, I don't know what, what will. So um, giving away our, our, our money uh, guards against that sin of trusting in material wealth. Um, it also uh, supports the ongoing mission of the church. Um, Matthew twenty eight nineteen through 20 says, Go, therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all I have commanded of you. And Ryan is already, all of these guys have touched on this, but making disciples does require some money at times. And so we want to spend our money in an area that um, has eternal eternal rewards and benefits, um, and that's investing in people and trying to disciple them and share the gospel with them and see them come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so there is a financial cost to that at times, and so um, it helps with the ongoing mission of the church. Uh, and then also giving faithfully reflects our faithful God. And I think this is actually one of the, the most important pieces. And Dan, you talked about this a little bit. Um, but uh, we, we give faithfully because our God is faithful. And so uh, Ephesians 5.1 says this, Be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. And if we're supposed to imitate God in everything we do, then we should be faithful because God is faithful. And so I wanted to share with you 1 Corinthians 1.9. And 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you, you know what? We were faithless, right? We were faithless in, the, in that time before we came to faith in Jesus Christ. But even though we were sinners, uh, God called us out of darkness into light. He was faithful to, to, uh, to bring us salvation because of what Jesus Christ did. And so um, he is faithful, um, and so we need to reflect uh, his faithfulness. And so, um, you know, over time, thanks, Dan. Appreciate that. Um, and so over time, um, I think especially when we transitioned into church planting, I came to see very tangibly how 
our faithful giving, our regular giving, affected the ministry of the church. And I realized, look, if I believe in what this church is doing, I need to give faithfully to this church. Uh, it's, and it does affect the ongoing daily, weekly, monthly, yearly ministry. It does make it difficult to, to plan um, together, collectively, how we can reach the community with the message of the gospel and how we can disciple people um, if we are up and down. And so that's something that, that God convicted my, me with and, and my wife with. And so we, uh, we decided, hey, we're going to try to do our best to give faithfully with a cheerful heart. Thanks. So those are the, the six questions that uh, we were wrestling with for you this morning. Um, I hope you, you got something out of that or multiple things out of that, really. But ultimately, from all of us, uh, you heard that you know we've wrestled with some of these things, uh, and we've come before the Lord and just said, here, Lord, here's, here's what we have. Uh, take and use it in a way that would honor you. Um, what you do impacts the ministry here at Involve. Uh, and that's a lot, of, a lot of different things. Like, obviously, it's, you know, we show up here on 7.30, at 7.30 on a Sunday morning, and there's a ton of you guys that show up, and you're helping us unload and unpack and that sort of thing. There's some of you that are, are leading our church or, you know, going to life groups. All that is important, and it really helps us. But also, your financial gifts help us, and they help uh, others out there in the world. And so, uh, hopefully, you, you realize that the resources that God has given you are for you to take care of your family and everything else, but also to take care of his church, his church. And I hope you understand it's not our church up here. It's not my church. It's not Pastor Luke's church. It's, it's his church first and foremost, and it's our church collectively. And, and so uh, we're, we're asking you to really consider that. If you haven't already, maybe you already have, but, you know, asking you to consider that. Now, it may seem a little um, manipulative here at the end to say, hey, we're going to take an offering. Um, but we, we always, if you've been here for a while, you know that we take our offering at the end of the service and, uh, and, and we're not saying, Hey, right now, okay, dig deep and pull out your money and put in the plate. What we are really challenging you with is just the concept of what does God say in his word about giving and, and how am I giving to the church? Am I giving faithfully, faithfully supporting the ministry and the work of Jesus Christ in this local church? And, and we've been blessed uh, and, and, you know, you've heard me say that before. I'll say it again. You guys have blessed us over and over again. Um, sometimes I feel like we're spoiled as a young church, but uh, we're, we're grateful for that, and we've been able to do a, a lot. And so thank you for your gifts. Um, but this is more, what we're challenging you with is not, hey, we need to raise funds. What we're challenging you with is where's your heart, ultimately? Where's your heart? And, and ask you that question as you think about giving. And, uh, and really, as we go along and as we mature, hopefully our hands get a little more loose on our resources. And, and I know that that has been a, a battle for me personally and, and probably a battle for every person up here. And I'm sure it's a battle for you guys. You know, are we more free or are we more like this? And, and obviously, I think God, I think it's clear in Scripture, God wants us to be more free and trust Him and have faith. So... Let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Uh, we will take an offering. We'll do a, uh, a stage change up here as we bring the worship team back up. But let's just pray and commit this time to him. Father, we, uh, we thank you. What a, how awesome it is to come and hear uh, these men share what, what their families have gone through and thinking through um, giving to you. 
Uh, Lord, we want it to be a gift of our, of our heart, of our, our spiritual life, of our maturity to say, this, this is yours. Uh, Lord, we know that it will cause us to grow as we uh, step out on faith at times and give when we don't want to give. But we, we give to you, Lord, because we trust it's what you're pleased with. And it's a sacrifice, and it's a, it's a way for us to worship you. And so, Lord, thank you for uh, our church. I thank you for the ministries we have. I thank you for what you're doing uh, in Togo. I thank you for the, the Molsies again. Uh, Lord, that is just challenging to, to me to hear how you are using them and how you've used people to, to touch so many people's lives there. Uh, bless them as they travel back and continue the ministry and the work there. Lord, as we look forward to the days of head and we think about uh, Involved Training Center and raising up um, people to go out and do ministry. Um, God, I just pray that uh, there will be more church plants. There will be more people here in the States that come to faith in Jesus Christ. And here we can send out people across the world and across the, the United States to continue to, to share the gospel with people and see people come to faith and grow in you. We love you and thank you for all you do. And give you this day in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.